Hey, Ryan. Yes, Andrew. How was PAX? Fucking awesome. I got you all these really adorable little Undertale figurines. Oh, I, I fucking, I, I swear to God, Ryan, I, this is, this is why I hurt inside. You are the reason why I hurt inside. That is the purpose I live by. Welcome back, one and all, to the Explosion of Happiness podcast, episode number 49. It is Thursday, September 8th, 2016, and it is time to be happy and talk about video games. I am your host, Ryan. And I'm your other host, Andrew, and in this weekly podcast, we talk about video games, and I totally had something, but I just forgot it, and I didn't write it down, so... um... In this weekly podcast, we talk about video games, as well as we remove our audio jacks. Okay. See the fucking uh, thing they were doing for that? Like, the fucking stupid-ass artsy music show they put on, and, like, partway through it, they had these people in, like, fucking body paint or these really weird outfits smashing audio jacks with sledgehammers, and people were like, oh, wow, that's so artistic. What? Yeah. Well, the... Wait. What? Let me see if I can find the... What was the point? It was to demonstrate how Apple's getting rid of the audio jack and how it's no longer needed. Oh, so they're, like, liberating themselves. Yeah, I guess. Deep. I don't know. Here's the link. You can see some fucking sweet pictures of the concert. That This is such a... This looks like they went to a college and, like, we need you guys to just act like yourselves because you're fucking liberal arts majors. Is this there, is the kind no, of shit... No one, no one cares about this shit except other liberal arts majors. It's like... This is the kind of shit that's so up its own ass and people are like, it's art. You just don't understand. It's art. It's like, fuck you. No. I don't know what the message they're trying to send is. Like, I guess in a universe where Apple is everything, Apple making a technical announcement like this is like life-changing. It's like Moses leading the people to the promised land, except Apple is leading hipsters to their own anus. This is even hipsters anymore. It's people with a really bad grasp of their own money. Yes, I'm going to spend 700 bucks on the new iPhone so I can spend $160 on earbuds. Uh, unless, are they trying to sell? Like, no, we're actually making the cost less, even though the iPhone is still the same price. They're trying to play it like it's a super smart thing to do because now it's the thinnest iPhone ever. It was necessary. This is all for the sake of progress. We're liberating ourselves. Except now, if you want to use, like, a fucking wired you know, headphones, you have to carry around a fucking adapter that goes into the lightning port and have like, you know, if any other company tried to do the shit that Apple does, they wouldn't succeed. Yeah. It's like, we've always said Apple just established a monopoly on the people dumb enough to buy this shit up. Yep. And they're set for the rest of eternity. Cool. Well, I beat Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Don't rush yourself. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I've played it for 10 hours. I've beaten one side quest. I'm really about to just break and say, fuck it and load up my save from an earlier spot and be like, I'm just going to kill everybody. I mean, so it's easy to say this is to you as Dark Souls 3 was to me, whereas this is a good game, but yeah. you don't want to keep playing it. Yeah. I just, I just know that if I want, if I want to play it, I want to play it for like a 12 hour chunk so I can get just in that moment, like in that vibe where I'm not disturbed. Yeah. And but I I haven't had like just a solid twelve hour chunk free to just basically turn my brain off and just play the game and let it wash over me, <sighs> which I feel like is, that's what it's going to take for me to get into this game. And then once I feel I get over that hump and I finally dedicate myself to an actual build and decide how I want to play the fucking game, I'll be golden. It's not that long of a game. I mean, I did every side mission that came to me, and I tried to go out of my way to do everything and look for everything, and it took me a total of twenty six hours. 
So 100% completion is right around there. I do hope you finish it and we can do an audio feature because I took the most extensive amount of notes I ever have on any game we've ever done for an audio feature, and I think it would be a really fascinating audio feature to do. I would like to do Dead Space 2 for October for, like, our Halloween audio feature because I kind of like the idea of doing, like, a horror game. Oh, yeah, that's that one. good. But, uh, yeah, how about I just, uh, to keep it brief, I'll just read the Steam review I put up for Mankind Divided. It's only Sounds two great. paragraphs. I wrote this immediately after finishing the game and then going to bed right after. Not bad. The gameplay's still fun. I cared enough to do all the side missions, so that's something. I advise setting your own challenges for more enjoyment. Bracket. Cloaking makes the later segments piss easy. Bracket. Wish there were more locations and a grander story to be told, like the original Deus Ex. Adam Jensen continues to be all that is man. Bob Page's voice was cool to hear again, even if he only had a total of ten lines or something. The endgame cash shop is an abomination that needs to be ridiculed at every opportunity, but I had no problem ignoring it on my first playthrough. Not really an improvement over Human Revolution, but a decent middle chapter to what I assume is supposed to be a trilogy at this point. Many questions raised, none of them answered by the end. I get that Square Enix prequels are trying to slowly build an epic story arc, but I hope the next game goes somewhere more significant with the plot and offers a more satisfying ending. End of review. Yeah. Sounds fair. So I have fun. It's a good game. You don't need to fucking break your wallet. It's not like must play right now, not game of the year. It's just, if you like Human Revolution, you could go for more Human Revolution. Mankind Divided is right up your alley. And I hope a sequel to Mankind Divided isn't going to be too far off because they really just kind of left the story. I mean, they didn't really go anywhere that crazy with it in the first place. So it definitely didn't wrap up on any significant arc. It just felt like filler. The entire story of this game was pure filler. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah, like, like I said, I really want, I really want a resolution to the this story with Bob Page finding you know the Majestic Twelve, and that kind of being the end note for Adam Jensen's story, and that you can like destroy the Illuminati, you can make the, the, it all public, or you can help form the Majestic Twelve. You know, various ending options like that. It has me curious what Square Enix is planning for this franchise because I get the feeling they're really planning to go crazy with it. They opened up this new thing called the Deus Ex Universe, which originally I think was supposed to be like an MMO or some bullshit, and then they ended up turning it into this weird like network for all of the Deus Ex games or something like that. It's a fucking mobile phone app that you can use in the game, but they also got that mobile game. So I'm thinking Square Enix is going to start branching out with Deus Ex as a franchise and start making all kinds of games within it hopefully basing on all kinds of different eras. And I, I'm wondering, like, do they have an in-game plan with this current run of mainline titles? Is the next mainline Deus Ex, because obviously Adam Jensen is going to be back, is the next game going to be like the end of this little trilogy they're making, or are they just going to keep making a new game with Adam Jensen like every two years and make like 10 of them like Assassin's Creed? Or like, what's the plan? The story covered so little ground after Human Revolution to where it ends, that I'm thinking they can make five more games like this before they ever actually, you know, tie it up with the original Deus Ex. Right. I mean, Human Revolution covered a lot of ground, it felt like. It did. It, it answered a lot of questions, and some questions we didn't even ask. Because, I mean, it's pretty much heavily implied that, you know, Adam Jensen is the biological clone father of the Dentons. Right. And stuff like that, you know, like where the Grey Virus came from, it kind of introduced Bob Page and, like, where he started off. And it's like, they could have just left it at Human Revolution. Like, they didn't need to make Mankind Divided. I'm glad they did, because I do like these games, and I think they did a good job with Mankind Divided. But, like, from a story element-wise, they didn't need to make it. And to where they're going with Adam Jensen, and more than that, the one I want to know is, if they keep making this much bigger, 
they're eventually going to have to remake the original Deus Ex. Because not a lot of people, I'm guessing, that know about this version of Deus Ex have actually played the original game. It's funny you mention that because this just dawned on me right when you said that, you know, Square Enix is remaking Final Fantasy VII in several chunks. What if they yeah. did that with the original Deus Ex? Ooh, that could work. Uh, I, we, we've seen how well that format can work with uh, the Hitman series. Deus Ex, I think, would actually be another good series to do that kind of format if you could release it a city at a time, because that would mean that each city would get to be as big as it needed to be and as deep as it needed to be, which with a game like Deus Ex is pretty damn important. It wouldn't obviously just be a one-to-one remake spread out into three. Like Once we see how they handle Final Fantasy VII, how much content each rendition of the parts they're putting out with that has we'll know if that would work with deus ex or not but you were saying like what if square enix starts making deus ex like mass effect where your choices carry over into the next game there's no real indication whether that will be the thing based on what i saw at the ending of mankind divided but if they were to remake the original deus ex they could do that where your choices bridge to the next part honestly i don't want them to do that i would rather they go somewhere new with the series but if they were going to remake the original deus ex that is probably how they would go about doing it that's the only way they could actually remake a game of that scale in the modern era with all the graphical capabilities we have now in order to actually, you know, make it look as nice as like the new Deus Ex games. Right. I played this back in uh, early 2000s. For its time, its graphics were like Counter-Strike-ish, you know, or not, not bad, but not like amazing either. But the levels were like fucking massive. I remember that. Like you could go through all of Liberty Island on one map. And just like remaking that and modern day graphics, I would like, I feel like that would eat up a ton of time and resources. And it's like, it's sort of a catch 22, I feel. Like, if the more they go with this setting, the more they have to remake Deus Ex. Cause, like I said, I don't think a ton of people have played it. But at the same time, there's no way you can remake Deus Ex and have everybody be happy. We've advocated multiple times on this podcast now how we would like for developers to basically make games like the original Deus Ex on make simpler the, engines. Make, make the game graphically less appealing, but the world itself, because you can do so much more with the lower-end graphics, the world itself looks that much better as a whole, if that makes sense. Because you can be bigger, you can have faster load times, you can have more shit on screen at a time. Instead of just making the few crap things on screen look really nice, you know, immersion, basically. Yeah, well, we've gone into that before, but what I'm getting to is I don't know where Deus Ex is heading, and I don't know where I want it to head. I like Adam Jensen. I kind of like this. Like we said last week, what if they started making future Deus Ex games on a smaller scale and release them more frequently? And that's exactly what I think they're going to do. I brought that up. You agreed. It was basically what we called it last week. I think that's what they're going to do. All I know is to know whether or not I think this is a good thing, I'll have to wait for the next game to come out. Because if the next game comes out, and it delivers on everything that kind of left me feeling empty at the end of Mankind Divided, it'll instantly make my opinion of Mankind Divided much greater. If each game from now on just builds onto this story and makes the previous game before it more important in the long run, I might be okay with it. Just as it is right now, Mankind Divided just kind of drops you off and you feel like, uh, okay, you just feel empty. I hope that they don't plan to just keep streaming these games out forever, going nowhere every single time. I do want it to go somewhere. They are building something with the Illuminati and Bob Page, so it's going to have to climax at some point. I just hope they don't draw it out for too long. I hope I still... And eventually, too, I mean, like, they can't just keep doing Adam Jensen forever, and I'm sure they just don't want to flat out 
drop the series. They could remake the original Deus Ex. Maybe do, say, Invisible War is no longer canon, make their own sequel or something. That's what I would prefer. I don't want them to remake the first Deus Ex. Yeah. I, think, I think that's just a waste of time. I would rather them go somewhere new with it. I agree. Um, I mean, the original Deus Ex. If there's anything, the new original Deus Ex could use a remaster, not so much with the graphics, but the menus. Like clean up the I, UI and shit. I don't think it even is that because there's so much mod support that already allow you to yeah, do a lot with it. And I think modders have taken care of that game well enough. I mean, yeah, I would like that too. I just think I think it's a waste of Square Enix's time to do that. Yeah, if they want to make like some legacy edition or something, I could see them doing it. I would rather them just broaden the universe. I remember towards the end of Deus Ex, you made it to the, like the clone facility where you and your brother were born, and there was more than two vats, so you had siblings that you didn't know about. It would be kind of cool to play a game as one of your siblings. As well oh, that'd as, be cool. Like, yeah, based at the same time as the first ASX, but yeah. story, yeah. You go to different locations, so you're not J.C. Denton, you're like R.T. Denton or whatever. Yeah, maybe Adam Jensen will, like, put himself in stasis or something and come out after the end of the first ASX, and then they all work together. I don't know. Or maybe you have a really awesome scene where J.C. Denton, like, opens a door somewhere, and then you got Adam Jensen, like, hooked up to all these machines, and he's still barely alive, and he's like... I knew you'd come, son. Hmm. And everybody's like, I saw this coming. I guess to wrap it up, I hope the next Deus Ex following up Mankind Divided really goes somewhere, maybe even kind of wraps up this prequel arc. I don't want them to overblow it. I don't care enough about the original Deus Ex to see three games preceding it. I hope the next game just ties everything up and gets us to that point, and then they go somewhere new with a franchise after that. I just don't want them to put too much stock in the original Deus Ex instead of going somewhere new. That's what I want. I want them yeah. to go somewhere new. I want them to potentially make a game even greater than the original Deus Ex. They haven't done that yet, as good as the last two Deus Exes are. But, yeah. Another thing, too, that they could do is I remember when Invisible War was coming out, there was another game that was supposed to come out alongside of it. Uh, I cannot remember the title of it, but it was supposed to be, like, a sister game. And while, you know, Invisible War was, like, the original Deus Ex, which was, you know, RPG first-person shooter. This one was supposed to be very much a, like, third-person shooter or first-person shooter in the same vein as, like, Gears of War before Gears of War. But you play it with all these cool AUG powers. It'd be kind of cool if they started to do that, make other genre games in this universe. Because augments and the slightly futuristic sci-fi world they have going would be good grounds for us just a straight-up Gears of War-esque third-person shooter. You'd have cool guns, you'd have cool powers. Uh, they would have so, to announce that alongside a mainline Deus Ex, because otherwise oh, everyone will get but... pissed off. If the quality stays consistent, sure, I guess. Uh, that's enough about Deus Ex. That's all I can really say until we do an audio feature and actually really talk about the story. Mm-hmm. Unless you have any questions right. you wanted me to say, answer, or um, whatever. I really liked Pritchard from the first game. Does he return at all? No. That is a disappointment. Seraph is the only one to come back from Human Revolution. I kind of saw this coming because like, one thing about why I don't think Deus Ex would make a good like Mass Effect franchise where your stories always carry over is a good Deus Ex game will allow you to make so many radical different choices and so many different people can die or whatnot. I think it would bite off more than they could chew if they went that route. But the way Mankind Divided ended, it seemed like this makes sense for them to just take Jensen to a new place in the world every game, tell a new story, him and uh, that woman, Vega, he's with working for this collective. That'll probably carry over into every game from now on. But uh, Jensen will always be working for a new group of people every time. That's the only way they could really do it, I think. Yeah, I guess that's uh, everything for now about Deus Ex until I manage to actually sit down and play through it. Which, just give me some time. I want to. I just, it's like you said, it's like you and Dark Souls 3. Which, the DLC for that's coming out soon and I'm excited about that, so... 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, moving on. I went to PAX last Friday. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a good time. How'd that yeah, go? Yeah, um, I think I've stated my opinion. I, the first PAX I ever went to was in 2009. Best time of my life. PAX 2010, not as much fun, but still a lot of fun. In my opinion, I went to a PAX a total of four years in a row, 2009 through 2012. It really changed in those four years. Uh, what most people will say is that they just stopped handing out a lot of free stuff at the booths. The first two years I went, there were like T-shirts being handed out left and right. There were souvenirs being handed out left and right. Posters being handed out left and right. That all went away. That to me wasn't really a problem. I didn't really care for all that because I came home every fucking year with a giant bag of shit that would just stay in the back of my closet. And beyond that, the lines would just be completely fucking ridiculous hours long just because people wanted whatever booth was handing out. And if you actually wanted to just play the fucking game, you would have to wait like fucking four hours for a game like Dude, Dude, Come Forever, which I did. And I actually got some really awesome swag from that. But yeah, I waited four hours for Duke Nukem Forever. And and like I've said uh, in one of our previous podcasts, there was like a four-hour wait for Mass Effect 3. And then when they opened up a booth that wasn't handing out the free shit, the wait was only 15 minutes. So there you go. In my opinion, removing all the free shit was actually a good thing. However, I also noticed there seemed to just be like a change in tone of the crowd that went. Uh, the first two years I went, everyone was extremely talkative. This is coming from me. I spend about like 75% of the time I actually talk a week on this actual podcast. The first two years I went to PAX, it was an extremely social thing. Everyone was chatting with each other. It was great. People will still say the crowd that goes there is great, and I suppose it is, but I just noticed it got a lot more clickish after that. Everyone was a lot more grouped up. Everyone kind of kept to themselves, and that, that's still kind of a thing. And on top of that, notice all the panels got really fucking shitty. They went from being about actual cool things regarding video games to now anti-depression, the panel, harassment, the panel. Yay. Uh, fucking diversity, the panel, and just the panels basically just suck dick. Oh, that's a panel too. I should go. Suck dick. Yeah, suck dick, the panel. Yeah. Or like, I should get my girlfriend to go. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. But anyway, the last year I went to PAX, I spent half the time just sitting in the portable lounge, street passing with my 3DS, because there was so little to do. I was just so bored. That uh, I stopped going the years after that because it's a huge pain in the ass to get a PAX badge. So this is the first year I went in like three years. The crowd seemed more lively. Uh, still not up to what it was like in like 2009. But, you know, for all I know, I could be just totally talking about my ass about this. Maybe the crowd has always been lively and I'm just socially retarded. I don't know. Just to me, it, it just seems like if you don't go to PAX with friends now, you're not going to have a lot of fun. Whereas it wasn't the case when I first started going to PAX. I was there for maybe a total of three hours and I got my fix after three hours and I left with no interest to stay and do anything else. Whereas before I would stay for four days, it seemed like all the games they had on display this year were games that are either in beta right now and you can play or are early access games you can play. There were not a lot of demos to games that are not out yet. Could you play Ark? Yes, actually. Oh my god! In fact, they had the biggest fucking booth at the exhibit with a giant fucking dinosaur statue that... That's kind of cool. It it makes you wonder, like, what the fuck they're spending their money on. Well, that's the thought, yes. And when I was going to PAX, I didn't even know about this expansion pack they just released. But then, yeah, in hindsight, they spent an ungodly amount of money on this fucking booth. So, real smart. I'll say the first thing we checked out was the Nintendo booth, because Nintendo has always had probably the most fun booth at every convention I've ever gone to. They just got their games. The wait is never that long. It's always designed very neatly. It's fun. I think Nintendo was actually one of the only booths that was still handing out, like, little pins and stuff when everyone else stopped doing that. 
I got a little Star Fox emblem, which was really fucking cool. It was actually probably the, my favorite thing I've ever gotten from PAX. Uh, this year, they had Jack shit. Nothing. They had Pokemon. And that was it. Yes. Just Pokemon. Yes. And a bunch of Amiibos laid out on display. Oh, fuck yeah. And they, they had that little NES thing that they're making, you know. It was on display. It's actually pretty cute. It's like you could fit it in your palm. It's like a tiny little NES with a USB port. Hmm. Which is honest to God. Cool little display item, whether you use it or not. Other than that, they did have two other games. One of them was like Dragon Quest, whatever, and the other one was Yokai Watch 2. I uh, that, Yokai that, Watch. Yeah, that was it. So three 3DS games. They did not have a single Wii U out at their booth. And that really tells you that they're just fucking done with the Wii U. And <laughs> assumably they're working on the NX. But they didn't have like anything regarding that there either. It was just a couple 3DS stations. That was it. Nothing else. That was the first fucking thing we saw walking in through the door. And I was like, well... That's a bad omen for this entire convention. Walked around, they were handing out, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, yeah, Old Spice was handing out free sticks of deodorant. That was that was really fucking smart, honestly. I that that was that was the only thing I, I took. I've I've been to call, I've been to a couple cons before, and um, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, no, I was like, this is genius. Uh, I already use Old Spice, actually. It just made me like them even more, and I came home with a little Old Spice stick. That was like my only thing I took home for packs. <laughs> Fine. Makes sense. There's a lot of, like, souvenir shops and stuff. One had a shit ton of Skullgirl posters, which I thought were all pretty cool. Walked around. Tekken 7 was there. Final Fantasy 15 was there. Oculus VR. To this day, I still have not lost my vr genity. So <laughs> I thought maybe this would actually be the first PAX I'd just sit down and try out a VR set. But now that I've gone this far without touching one, I'm going to hold myself to a standard where the first VR game I'm going to play is going to have to be a good one. And lo and behold, Resident Evil 7 was there, and they had VR as, like, their demo, but the line was fucking enormous, and I didn't have time to get in line for that. If I was going to go back again for, like, a second day, I probably would have waited in line to play it. That was neat, but I didn't have time to wait in line for it. Uh, They did have something you would have liked. Bethesda had this giant setup for Dishonored 2. They didn't have the game there, but it was, like, this little... uh, hallway that you could walk down where they had all these different props it was like they tried to build a hallway within the universe for you to walk down and see all these different things and that sounds pretty cool that's yeah. cooler than just playing the game honestly yeah it was a place to basically just take photo ops and stuff but it kind of reminded me of when there was the bioshock 2 booth from the first year i went or second year i can't remember where they had a whole bunch of diaries and journals that they actually wrote up and left sitting around for you to pick up a read but yeah, it was it was cool. It was too bad they didn't actually have the game there. They had fucking like Elder Scrolls Online and a bunch of other things. Like that's again what I was saying. Like most of the booths were just that. Like World of Warships or whatever. The World of Tanks people had like a fucking booth. They always do giant indie section with a bunch of random indie games. That comes to the one great thing I found at PAX was a brand new developer that just started up, and they've got a whole bunch of games in the pipeline. And I played one of them, and it was really cool. The name of the developer is New Blood. If you were to Google New Blood Game Developer, you'd find their Twitter page because their website is still brand new. One of the games they were making is called Dusk, and it is designed to look and play exactly the same style of the original Quake, which is something I have always been asking for, and I've always been wondering why hasn't a developer tried to make a game that looks and plays like the original Quake, and now they are doing it. And said the lead guy of their team worked on the Rise of the Triad remake, which I also thought was actually a pretty good game despite its mixed reception. But the whole team just seemed like they had a really good attitude. They have like a really good vision for the games they're making. I liked them and they're 
high on my looking forward to list. So yeah, there was that. They got a trailer showing off all their games. I'll send to you. And uh, I already found their web. I'm on their website right now. So okay, it, their YouTube channel has like an actual trailer of like all the games they're making. I'll, I'll send it to you later. It's it's pretty cool. They don't look bad. I just randomly walked up and played Killing Four Two on the PS4. I didn't care for it, but that was just one of the few booths that no one was waiting in line for. Uh, the Sony booth had a game called Drawn to Death. I don't know if you've heard of it. Nope, I've not heard of that. It's being made by David Jaffe, the guy who made Twisted Metal, made God of War. He made the last Twisted Metal, which I thought was a fucking fantastic game, despite all the hipsters who hated it. What was the last Twisted Metal? 2012, it was just called Twisted Metal. It was a reboot for the PS3. Okay, I never played that one. The last one I played was Black, and I fucking loved Black. Yeah, so. people hated it because the single player was... You know how Twisted Metal, it was just pick a character and you play through through there you play through like an arcade style and you get to the end you see like yes. their story yeah the new twist of metal just had three characters uh sweet tooth baby faced and mr grim they have like three little storylines that you play through and then it was all filmed with live action actors and stuff which i actually thought was kind of cool uh but that was it and people were really pissed off that it didn't actually represent all the characters even though it had their vehicles back and I understand that complaint. I just, it didn't really matter to me because what the new Twisted Metal did extremely well was the multiplayer. It not only had four-player split screen with, I think, probably System Link, which no one fucking would do. It also had an online multiplayer, which it was not the best interface. It took a while to get into games, but it was insanely fucking fun. It was some of the most fun I've ever had playing an online game. Unfortunately, the game tanked in its cells. No one bought it. And the online community died very shortly. So yeah, suffice to say, been said, I, I know it's been said that there's not going to be a new Twisted Metal for a long time. No, and it's really sad because I really fucking liked the last Twisted Metal. It had an outstanding soundtrack. The licensed music they got was great. It was just a fucking awesome game. And I'm really sad that it did so poorly because I was really hyped for it. It lived up to my hype as rare as games ever do that. And I'm sad that it will never be coming back. People will always talk shit about the last Twisted Metal, but I guarantee you they didn't buy the fucking game. Because no one bought the fucking game. The only person I know who bought the fucking game was me, and I fucking loved it. And the people, I will come over to your house and play it sometime. Yeah, friends of mine came over to play Twisted Metal with me, split screen, and they fucking loved it. Everyone I played Twisted Metal with fucking loved it. Everyone who played Twisted Metal at the PAX they showed it off at fucking loved it. So no, we sounds, it sounds like we should make a night of it. Maybe invite the fans over. Totally. Anyone who wants to get up in my face and tell me I'm wrong and that my taste is shit, I welcome you to because I loved Twisted Metal 2012. I will go to my grave loving Twisted Metal 2012. Eat a dick, all of you. But yeah, anyway, David Jaffe is making a new game. His new game is uh, Drawn to Death. It's a third-person shooter coming to the PS4. I don't know anything about it. It honestly does not look that interesting to me. The only reason I care about it at all is because of where it's coming from. They had several booths for it, but then when I actually got up to it, I realized all they're doing is just showing a demo. The demo isn't actually playable, so... I was like, okay, that sucks. And then, yeah, let's see here. Was there anything else I did? Um, Pokemon everywhere. Pokemon merchandise everywhere. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Twitch booth was fucking enormous, like always. A lot of hardware manufacturers just showing off shit. Yeah, the the Expo Hall just didn't have a lot of really interesting new things in it. It was all early access games, games you can already play on beta or merchandise or just, yeah, that was basically the bulk of it. I think there was one. Oh, yeah, Sonic Mania was there. That was a game I actually wanted to play. It was going to be the very last thing I did, but then I looked at the time. My phone was about to die, and I'm like, no, nah, I need to. I want to get on a bus and head home before it gets late. So I didn't play it. 
That was PAX, as far as I know. I've always wanted to go to a PAX after party. I never have. I heard that's like the real fun, but none of the friends I've ever gone with have ever wanted to go do that because they're a bunch of pussies. Yep, that was it. It was fun to walk around for three hours, saw some cool things, came home. Uh, if I was to go back there every day for four days in a row, I'd probably kill myself. Or the people around you. <clears throat> I did not kick anyone in the balls, despite how shitty Nintendo's booth was. Sounds like you had fun, but got any news? Another Metroid 2 remake got personally DMCA by Nintendo. They just fall and fuck the guy, like basically threatened him. And so he shut himself down. He shut everything down. He said there would no longer be any updates. So his crusade to fight the powers over, it's really sad considering that guy spent like fucking, what, eight years of his life on that mod. That's probably why he wanted to fight him as hard as he could. I already yelled about this last week, so I'll try and keep it calm, but it's fucked up that he's doing a better job than Nintendo is and they're shitting on him for it. Assholes. I mentioned No Mario Sky last week, and when I looked it up as we were recording, that had not been DMCA'd, so I was like, I guess I'll download this in case it gets DMCA'd. And one day later, it got DMCA'd, and I found out about this through Twitter. The developer said that the game got DMCA'd, and then he linked to his website. When you clicked on a link, it showed he now... I got to actually look it up because it was pretty fucking funny. The page looked exactly the same as when I looked up the game as No Mario Sky, except it now it's called DMCA Sky. And he replaced, well, he just slapped a helmet over Mario's head, made Mario invisible when he's piloting the ship. He made all the Goombas green and blue. He changed all the coins to gems, it looked like. And then he basically just power swapped everything else. But then, yeah, the description says, huh? No, Mario Sky has received a DMCA notice. DMCA Sky is our replacement. Help Spaceman Finn search for Princess Mango on an infinite universe <laughs> that may contain no mangoes. Made in 72 hours, Sir Ludum Dare 36. Featuring crazy Moombas, an infinite universe, muscle, amazing physics, and radical spaceship. DMCA Sky is the hackneyed remake gone mashup you've been craving. Yeah, so basically they just swapped everything and then re-released it. So I'm glad I got like the game in its original form, but now you can still play it just with all this different shit. And that was kind of a funny middle finger they kind of sent to Nintendo. Uh, I think we said, we talked about this so much last week, there's really no point to go back into it further. Yeah, we've I, we've already got upset and angry and yelling, so. Yeah, so. Another thing we got upset and yang, yang, angry and yelling about last week, though, was uh, Ark's uh, Scorched Earth expansion for a pre-release game with a full right. price expansion. Uh, one of the devs responded to people's complaints about it, and he kind of went down a little list of different things. <laughs> basically defending the expansion going god i don't even know i don't, I don't know if i should read the whole thing i'm just trying to... basically he's defending the game saying what we should have uploaded this for free don't we deserve to get paid and things like that it ends it off with your entire post screamed of rage because you're too cheap to pony up 20 dollars for a game worth 60 dollars, which we undercharged for in the first place if you don't want to pay that's fine we're not holding a gun to your head what a sack of garbage yeah, pretty much. It's it's like you can't even argue with this person because he doesn't care. He's just like, give me money. I deserve money. I, and I like how that's the new insult that's going around. Is call, just call, It's a bunch of millennials calling other millennials entitled. It the, feels fun, like. the thing is, this was a big controversy a few years ago with Mass Effect 3 and how all journalists were trying to fucking portray gamers as entitled and cheap. And it's like, these people haven't gotten the fucking memo that that's not going to fly and that's going to mm-hmm. blow up in your face when you try to call everyone that. But this gets better. 
I don't know if you followed up that story. Basically, they uh, came out and back. I don't know if it was the same guy or not, but they backpedaled. But the way they backpedaled just made me hate them even more. The quote was, let's see here, does it give the name? I don't think this article says who said this. I think it was just the staff anonymously kind of put this out. Our original vision for ARC always included the creation of expansion ARCs, along with the infrastructure and technical systems to transfer data dynamically between live ARCs. We determined that it is more sound to iterate on these systems during early access than after retail launch, given the significant risks involved if we didn't get it right. While that meant unveiling the first expansion early, it also means an easier time integrating further post-launch expansions into the ARC network. We understand that this isn't everyone's cup of tea, and we appreciate the enjoyment people seem to be getting out of this initial view on how expansion ARCs can work. Now that we have the system in place to support them, we can ensure minimal integration issues with subsequent releases after ARC Survival Evolve itself has launched. So basically, they always plan to sell this game in fucking pieces for an obscene amount of money. They just didn't want to mention that before they started doing it. Right. $20 per map is a little fucking steep. Jesus Christ. That's essentially what they were planning to do with ARC all along. And I don't know how many expansions they're going to have. I don't know how much all of it together is going to cost. Now that the original base game and the first expansion are a total of $50, let's say they release three more of these at $20. The game is going to be over $100 at launch. If that's what they're basically saying. Except you don't have to buy the whole thing. You can buy it in pieces if you want. They must really think their game is worth a lot to do this and to reveal it in this way to everyone who just bought into it like we did. Yeah, I'm never buying any more ARCs. This this is... I'm never buying from these developers ever again after this shit. They're fucking assholes. Anyone who just loves this game so much that they're willing to suck it up. I've been there before in certain games that have done this, so I can kind of understand that, but I don't want to hear from anyone who's fucking riding their dick trying to defend this shit, because it's fucking... They're ripping everybody off. They're being greedy fucking assholes about it. And... They clearly don't need the money since they build these giant fucking massive dinosaur statues in the middle of fucking packs. Right. Yeah, I don't like them. They're fucking sacks of shit. I don't want to... Yep. There's plenty of fucking survival sandbox games out there. I'm sure someone will make one with fucking dinosaurs in the future. I'm gonna be hoping that Crow Team puts out Scum, their sandbox game, and it's good. Because I don't really like any of the other ones. The designers of Rust, they're uh, being giant fucking jackasses too. Oh yeah, I know. It's... Yeah, I, I don't. Are. I don't think H1Z1 has really sold out. I don't like their cash shop system. I don't like that they split the two games up, but they haven't done anything like on this level. They haven't started releasing fucking expansion packs for an early access game. Although you could argue having the in-game transactions for an early access game is just as bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it seems like the only game that has still done this and remained somewhat pure is Minecraft. Even though I don't like the types of updates they started releasing. Uh, until Microsoft got in bed with Mojang, they haven't started trying to shove DLC down everyone's throats, and they actually fucking bothered to release the game to a 1.0 state, and they continue to support it, releasing more updates. They have now passed update 1.10. I just reinstalled the game, and it looks like they're continuing to add stuff. Really sad how early access was this great opportunity that all these developers who profited off of it just had to wink in everyone's face with. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people kind of called that this was going to happen, that this yeah. was a possibility, and it's just sad that this is... It's sad that more developers aren't using it to everyone else's benefit. Right. They're just using it for their own greed, and that's sad. It seems like every idea that comes out, like Steam Green Light and stuff, it always blows up. Like, none of these fucking innovative ideas to potentially make games better ever make games better. Oh, it's always to maximize profits. Right, and that is the reason to be skeptical over things like paid mods and such. Yep. I guess we could talk about PlayStation now. They just did a big convention yesterday. Okay, cool. 
I didn't uh, know about this. Yeah, they finally showed off the PlayStation Neo, which is now called the PlayStation 4 Pro. It sounds to me like it is basically the Xbox One Scorpio, except a lot weaker, I hmm. think, basically. They're still being very vague in like, the things they showed off about it. They did show games running on it. I don't have a 4K monitor, so I can't look at it, but basically they demoed the new Mass Effect at 4K, and then they announced that Uncharted 4 will have 4K support on PlayStation 4 Pro. They announced Horizon Zero Dawn will have the same thing, and then Activision came out and said that Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and Modern Warfare Remastered is going to have PlayStation 4 Pro support for whatever that is. They did not say what that means. To my knowledge, all they have said is that the visuals will be nicer, but what I think they mean by that, and what I hope they mean by that, is that it'll just support 4K upscaled, and that maybe there will be some more details in the visuals that you can see at that resolution. What I hope they're not saying is that there's going to be a greater performance on this platform, because as of now, I am planning to get Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and Modern Warfare Remastered, and if the game runs like shit on the standard PlayStation 4, but it runs really smooth on the PlayStation 4 Pro, I'm probably going to just fucking sell my PlayStation 4. Yeah, that'd be really fucked up and shitty. Yeah, that's what they're saying, is that basically it's just going to be a hardware improvement. And it's not like, you know, it's not the PlayStation 5, but it's just there to make games run smoother. Um, I wonder if there's, I mean, they came out and said before that developers will be required to make sure their games run on the standard PS4. I'm kind of hoping that when this comes out, everyone just flips out and gets mad about it. I hope Sony and Microsoft both know that they're kind of circling the potential death of consoles as we know it with this shit at least their consoles. Right, like why bother getting this shit when you can just get a PC kind of thing? I mean, they're really marketing on that their audience is just too stupid to make PCs or buy PCs, at the very least, buy pre-built PCs, because now that consoles are just going this PC route with upgradable hardware like the fucking Steam machines are, a lot of those people are likely going to just wake up and realize, hey, I have all these friends with PCs now, and they play all these games like H1Z1 and Counter-Strike and League of Legends and... There's a lot more games on PC, won't you know? And actually, PCs are cheaper in the long term. Like, it all depends on how Microsoft and Sony play this. If it's just a resolution bump, they can talk it up all they want, but console games are still console games. They're never going to run like PC games, and I don't really see the big deal with 4K on a fucking console. I think, I don't know for about Xbox, but I think for at least for Sony, part of Sony doing this might just be for the sake of selling actual 4K televisions themselves. Because Sony is in the market of selling televisions. But as for Xbox and Microsoft, other than potentially saying, oh, look, the Xbox is now stronger than the PlayStation. I really don't know the ideal. And yeah, this is definitely for, I think this is for rich people that aren't really heavily into the hobby. And it's going to be more about showing off for them or something. The uh, traditional PS4 is now going to be $299. And the new one, the PS4 Pro, is going to be $399. $399. So the price of the PS4 when it launched. I'm optimistic because what you said about like back in E3 when Microsoft showed off the Xbox Scorpio and a guy asked Phil Spencer, what should I buy? And he said, if you don't have a 4K TV, get the original Xbox. At least they're being forward about that. I hope it's the same thing with the PlayStation 4 Pro. I hope it's just for people with 4K TVs to upscale from 1080. I don't want the games to run or look dramatically differently. I mean, I'll, I'll survive if it's just like better textures and stuff like that. I just want the performance to be the same. You just don't want, yeah, you don't want Bloodborne 30 FPS, but 60 if you got it on the 4K Pro. Right. I'll be fucking pissed if that's the case. Sony has to know that the vast majority of their user base that now currently own PlayStation 4s aren't going to want to get the short end of the stick constantly. Nintendo gets away with that with their 
constant updates of portables, like the new 3DS and stuff. But the software that comes out for those, it's just like things like Xenoblade and whatever the fuck. It's not like Smash Brothers on the 3DS runs dramatically better or anything with the exception of like better controls with right. this whole thing. Cause I am not going to be upgrading my consoles. Like I do a PC. I will know. I will no. I will no point. I will stop buying consoles altogether. If they're going to go this route forever. That's it. Uh, I think that's all I have to say. PlayStation VR is doing really well. It seems pre-order wise. Sony is banking on VR heavily. I noticed it seemed like every Sony booth at PAX this year had VR stuff at it. Sony is really going all in with their VR. They really think it's going to be the next big thing. They are putting all their cards on the table for it. I hope it works out for them. So, because I mean, if it does, that's. I mean, if if it if does, it's a good product, then that'd be awesome. It seems like PlayStation VR is the VR set to get right now. The Oculus and HTC Vive don't really have much going for them other than shovelware at the moment, and PlayStation is going to have Resident Evil, and in all likelihood, they have the games that are going to be really juicy and meaty with VR. That's something. Still going to have to wait a year or two to find out on. Anyway, I just read a headline. that says Massive Andromeda will run 30 FPS on PS4 and PS4 Pro. So there you go. <laughs> I can see in one way. Now, if I was a console-only player, I'd be actually upset about that. I'd be like, fuck that. Give me 60 FPS. Right. They're going to get some really nice-looking screenshots, and I'm sure that's what all the people get hyped over console exclusives care about. Oh, my God. The graphics are so amazing. I don't care that it runs like a fucking shopping cart. <laughs> It just looks so much better than the Xbox or whatever. Oh, oh, tribalism. Doesn't seem like there's many big hitters coming out this fall, is there? Not that I can think of. Final Fantasy 15 in November. Uh, the Walking Dead, the season three retitled to The Walking Dead. A new frontier is coming out this fall, I think. I don't know if I'm going to play it. I played the first two seasons. <laughs> I think the first season of The Walking Dead is the only good thing Telltale has ever done. It was really good. And got everyone really interested in Telltale, but then they've just been releasing nothing but duds since then. So, yeah, even The Walking Dead Season 2 was really underwhelming. I don't know if I'm going to get this new one. Nintendo announced Super Mario Run for mobile. It's a mobile game. Whoa. It's probably going to be just as shitty as all the other mobile ones are making. It looks like it's the kind of game where you just pay once and then you have the game. And I hope that's the case. It just looks like new Super Mario Brothers for fucking mobile phones. So, I don't know what it is. It's probably just going to be a really super simplified Mario platformer. Keep rolling out those DMCA's, Nintendo. And then keep releasing these shitty fucking games. I'm going to send you the trailer for New Blood so you can be like, wow, these guys do look pretty cool. Really? I need to sit 15 seconds looking at new games. Okay, there's the games. Oh, wow, Dusk does look like the old... Oh, wow, those are... Nice. I like that. Fuck, those are old school graphics. Yeah, they're doing what we've been asking for. When I saw their booth, I was like, I am playing this right now. Yep, this is awesome. Can't wait. A typing game. Nice. Yep. I would be surprised if that makes a comeback. Have you ever played Mario Teaches Typing? No, I haven't. I, I did. I wish I could dig that up. I don't, there's no way I'd be able to get it to run. That was fun shit. Nintendo had their weird little like stint of releasing educational games on PC. It was in 17 seconds of splash screen in a minute 24 video. Two of the games looked really cool. The oh, fuck you. Like, the music was tight. But yeah, whatever. Just show me the fucking games. I don't want to see your stupid splash screen. I want to see the fucking games. But Dusk and Tonight We Riot look like games that are just games, as in they're just there to be fun to play. Yep. There's a developer we can actually like. Yay. Uh, next week, their 50th episode. I have no idea what we're doing for it. Neither do I. Ooh. It'll probably just be the same shit as we do every week. I guess that's it for this week. If you've listened to this podcast, thank you. 
We appreciate you, our fans, our loyal fans, all of you. Hey, Ryan, where can they find our sweet, sweet podcast? You can subscribe, stream, or download our podcast via the RSS feed on explosionofhappiness.com. You can also find the podcast on iTunes or stream our content through YouTube on the channel Explosion of Happiness. Thank you for listening. And until next week, goodbye. Part of me wants to just go walk over the fridge and pull out a beer, but I know every time I do that, the podcast turns into a fucking clusterfuck, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah, Maybe I'll do that once we're halfway in. But Yay. until then... Oh, wait, no. Someone's walking around the kitchen now. I waited just uh, just long enough. Now she's flipped me off. Has she grown accustomed to you just sitting in your computer chair completely naked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he just asked if you've grown accustomed to me just sitting naked in my computer chair by now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. Here you go. Oh, thank you. She brought me coffee. That's probably better than alcohol while we're trying to be Yay. professional. Okay. The fuck's professional? Unless she loaded it with whiskey, in which case this is going to get really shitty. And by shitty, I mean great. Thank you for the coffee. No. I'm going. Now get the fuck out. Thank you. <laughs> Your chair is making a lot of noise, by the way. Is it? I'm, like, shifting my weight in it right now. Can you hear it? Yes. It's creaking a lot. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. Deal you with are, it. You I are can't not. really help that. Don't apologize for me. Apologize to our listeners. I'm sorry, Nate. Your, your audio, like, freaked out when you said that. Say it again. I'm sorry, Nate. Okay, that's better. I'm, I'm sorry for making you listen to my squeaky chair. While Ryan is trying to talk about packs, which he went with you, we have that. That just shows how grave a relationship we have with our fans. Yeah.